I don't know. I feel like Drowsy might be a sleeper hit, actually. I feel like a lot of people have some affinity for Drowsy. Oh, haha! I didn't even mean to do that! You made the face that I made a joke and I didn't understand. Oh, so great for audio format. You're tuned into the GoCast Podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Mark your calendars and request off from work. It's time to save the date. This shockingly cute Pokemon is more than meets the eye. Grab your hat, some water, and set some goals for this weekend's finale event. The big push for level 50 is underway. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 204. It's August 23rd, a Tuesday evening. Yes, we're back on track after two weeks of being anything but back on track i suppose i'm your host chris and as always i'm joined by my co-host kyle hiya hey kyle how you doing man i'm doing good doing good feeling good to be back in the pocket on a tuesday night that's right everything's correct in the world well yeah let's hope everything is correct in the world oh you're just claiming to not have knowledge of whether or not it is yeah okay well i'm I'm choosing to be a little more optimistic maybe (laughs) ignorant and saying that yes Everything's right in the world right now um, because we're recording on a Tuesday evening. Wouldn't that just be nice? Anyway, Kyle, we got to say a couple of thank yous here. Actually, a few to three brand new patrons of ours. Shout out and thank you to Kin, Jason, and DK Sun. Thanks so very, very much for your patronage, support of the show, and more about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. All right, so we set some goals last week. Just a couple each. My last week, I mean, like, what was it, two or three days ago we recorded? It was like three days ago. Yeah, so here are the goals that we set. Two each, like I said. 200 trades for you. Did you manage mm-hmm. to do that? No, I did not. All righty, and best buddy progress for Gengar. I did, although not as much as I wanted to. Well, you kept it vague on purpose, so. that, that I did. I, I did that, though. I made sure to give it a pop in every day before work. That qualifies. That is effort for sure. But what about the trades, man? What happened? You talked such a big game. I just didn't get to do all of them because I didn't find time to sit down and do the trading with okay. stuff going on. I did like 100. So <laughs> Understandable. That makes sense. And it takes too long, okay? Trading just, takes too long. It's just, it really is the time investment. It's it's out of control. Anyway, uh, for my two, oh, by the way, so it's one out of two for you, Kyle. So for the two that I set, Finish my level 49 challenges. I did. I finished all my excellent curveball throws and 500,000 experience. Yes, I did. So a two out of two. Feel free to mail me back your half of the belt. Or I guess the whole thing from last week, two days ago. It's hard to keep this all straight. We got to keep a schedule. (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess without further ado, let's hop into the news. Small as it's going to be. Yo, what up? It's the news. We got one news story, and although it's small, it is very important and very, oh, I'm personally very grateful for this sort of post. Kyle, I'm assuming you are too. Everybody I know that has read this post is grateful that it exists. So what what could it possibly be? We'll save the dates for this season's 
community days. That's incredible. That means that you can actually take time off or plan your weekends ahead of time. Oh no, I was going to have a birthday for my best mate this weekend. Well, now you can be like, Hey man, just a heads up. I'm going to be sick. So don't expect <laughs> me to show up. I got to go play Pokemon in a local park. No, here we go. Trainers. Now that the season of goes final community day is behind us. We'd like to share next season's community day dates. The first one for September will be September 18th. That's a Sunday. Saturday, October 15th is the next one. Saturday, November 5th is Community Day Classic. That'll be exciting. Wonder what it's going to be. Saturday, November 12th is November's regular Community Day. And Community Days aren't the only events on the horizon. Here are the dates for additional in-game events coming in September. Saturday, September 3rd and Sunday, September 11th. We don't know anything about them. Oh, stay tuned for more details about September community day and beyond. Wow. Woo. All right. So <laughs> they've done this before in the past. They've given us these dates up front. And I mean, so the September one's a little tight for a turnaround, but it's like three weeks away. It's not that bad. Uh, a community day classic though. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> the, that's really the, the speculation nation topic right now. What do you think it's going to be? Well, I, I think the real thing to stand out with it is not what it is, just the fact they told us. Because we've actually gotten the dates for the last 10 community days in advance, approximately. Okay. But they sprang Mudkip on us like four days in advance or something like that. That's true. It was still relatively new, though, at the time, I think. So it was like your third community classic. No, only. the second one. This is the third one ever. The first one this was Bulbasaur. The one. Then we did Mudkip, and now we're here. Okay. All right. So third time's the charm. Now we'll we know see. they do them on purpose, and they're not just haphazard events, right? Once per season. Once per season. I was really hoping for one per month, but I understand that that's not realistic. That's, that would be absurd. Come it's on. Super unrealistic. Not, nobody, I understand. I know. Nobody but people like us have time to do two community days a month. And arguably, we really don't have time to do no. two community days a month either. No. We shouldn't. <laughs> but I, I I'd like to. I would really like to. But what do you think it's going to be? Well, I'm not actually going to take a guess because uh, I'm going to talk about it in a little more detail in just a little bit. Ooh. But... It's really hard to speculate, especially because of the championship event we just had over the weekend. Makes it a little bit murky. How so? What do you mean? We just had an event that featured six community day moves that like five of them were like really stand out. So (laughs) it's like, do you want to see those repeated again? Uh, a month and a half later, most answers are probably yes, but does Niantic? <laughs> they might. I mean, if we want to see it, that means we'll probably spend money on stuff. So I would think, but I don't know. I, my personal hope is either Larvitar or Machop. I would love Machop. You think they're going to do another Machop? Yeah, I would love no, it. No, yeah, you're I probably right. It. I don't you're see that one right. in a million years because. The purpose is to bring back the community day move. Obviously, we want to catch more Machop, more XL candy, but the real purpose is the community day move. Then I think Larvitar is where I'm going to put all of my eggs in that one particular basket. That's fair. The real question is, will we see Kalos starters in these th- one of these three community days? Oh, I think we'll see at least one. 
All right. Well, we'll see because I feel like we're overdue right now, right? I'm I think it, we're definitely overdue. And then we're going to like see, you know, December is already kind of like just off the table because it's always that review yeah. event that, so, wow, look how far we've come. Oh, no, 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 Event, right? <laughs> yeah. So these and, are the last three days for a new Pokemon for the year. I would say if we don't see if if each of them isn't a Kalos starter back to back to back, we probably won't see them until 2023. Actually, mm. I don't think they're going to have it straddled a December. I don't think they're going to do that. I I swear they did though. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I swear that's what happened like two years ago. I said what I said. I don't think they'll do it. <laughs> okay, well. We've been proven wrong in the past, I suppose. Yeah, it just just about everything. I mean, th- those of you that have gone back and listened to the archive, I'm I'm glad none of you have been at least taking. I'm glad none of you have been keeping track, at least not that we're aware of, because I'm sure our prediction rates probably pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I predicted Sfeel for like six months because I'm like, how can they not do this yet? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we have two other dates. And they're not ranges, which is the confusing part for me, which means we have two dates back to back weekends of singular events. And that's you think they're trying to label the start of a week at a week long event. It could be that they're signaling the start of an event, but the verbiage doesn't make it sound like that. I agree. I, you I know, agree. it says here are the dates for additional in-game events coming in September. It doesn't even say starting in September. But like, but so what are options for two they could do back to back that are not because like they're not going to do two back to back research days. No, one of them could be a research day, although I feel like we just had one recently. They're not going to do it again so soon. Well, um, I mean, unless they want to front load it right for the for the quarter season. Rather, I mean, if they do it in September, though, we had the fossil day in June, yeah. July. It was it was in June. So that's that's a pretty big gap. Yeah, that's like two, two or three months. I suppose that's true. I suppose I'm just not used to it being so early, or at least I guess us talking about it this early because it always seems like the forgotten event out of the yeah, the set, you know. Um, but I, I'm hoping one of them is a research event because I do love them. Again, I, I maintain my case that the research events are the best event to play go. I think they're the me- best designed. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, it could be. Was there, there's probably some sort of obvious event that's at, isn't Labor Day one of those weekends? I think. Uh, yeah, the third is is on Labor Day weekend, I believe. Yeah, but I'm, they've never done an event for that. It's not very. It's not like a national thing, so or it's not an international thing, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but the fact that we have, I guess, dates ahead of time, and the fact that they're not ranges, and that we know that they're on weekend days, is kind of nice. Because the week long events are starting to like, I enjoy them, right? Because I get to whittle them down over the course of the week. But you know what the, the reality is, Kyle? Hmm. I don't whittle them down over the course of the week. I just no, do you get one them all done on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. I sure do, buddy. I sure, sure do. So I like these one day events. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> They'll be fun. Not enough time, though, for these two one day events. I didn't get no. a chance to request off the, <laughs> the 11th. So. No, no. Well, maybe we'll see how lucrative it'll be. And maybe you can uh, you can finagle a swap, perhaps. We'll have we'll to find out. 
we'll test fate another day when we have more information. But that's it for the news, believe it or not, which means, Mr. Kyle, we're all ready to hop it in to gear up. Can you believe it? This week on Gear Up, we're going to be talking about Community Day Classics and what may be for the future. Mostly just going to look at what the actual options are, or rather, what I think are the options. Because if you want, you can look up a whole list and you'll be wasting your time because 75% of them were garbage. But there's some standouts. And first up, this is mostly in chronological order, but it's not that important. First up is Dratini with Draco Meteor. And this is a weird one because Draco Meteor is not actually better than Outrage, numerically speaking. But Outrage is a 100 energy one bar charge move and Draco Meteor is a 50 energy two bar move. So for those who want to get into the minutia, a two bar move is better than a one bar move because you're less likely to faint while you have energy to use a charge move. So if you have 75 energy and you faint, you just lost all of the outrage damage. But if you have 75 energy, you get to use one Draco Meteor and then have 25 before you die. It's a small thing. This is not one worth stressing about getting six of when it actually happens. But now we're burdened with this knowledge, Kyle. And if we don't put it into actionable like things that we do, then uh, are we, what are we even doing here? You know? I mean, I, that's, that's me. But that said, I don't have any Draco Meteor Dratini, I think. I'm just saying, so. <laughs> just because you said don't stress about it doesn't mean you haven't doomed a lot of our listeners to being stressed about it. Now that they know. Yes. This yep. is why you point it out. But then you pass off your guilt with your final <laughs> economy before you move on. Yeah, bury it out in the backyard of this podcast. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Next up, we have Larvitar. Woo, the boy! With SmackDown. Yeah, that's kind right. of SmackDown. <laughs> it's kind of a broken record at this point. Lavatar is good. It is not the best option anymore for Rock Type. Hasn't been for a little while, actually. But it's still very good. It's very reliable. At this point, a lot of people have a lot of Lavatar candy, a lot of options. It's been in eggs, it's been in. Mm-hmm. Has it been in raids? I feel like it, no. Tyranitar has been in raids a lot, though. So no. Tyranitar has been in raids quite a bit. Yes, Lavatar is good. Lavatar is fun. That that's kind of it. It also doesn't have like an alternative like most other Pokemon do. It doesn't have a rock fast move. So if you want a rock Lavatar, you have to get Smackdown. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes it a standout from the rest on this list. Tyranitar is the community day candidate that peaked in high school but never stopped being cool but like stayed pretty cool yeah i mean it was the meta defining pokemon before they reworked super effective damage back in 2018 so back in the day wow this historian over here looking to go <laughs> next up we have bagon with outrage outrage is slightly better than draco meteor for salamance and that's kind of all there is to say. <laughs> it's it's good. <laughs> but again, it has the downside of being a one-bar move versus a two-bar move. So pick your poison there. Next is Beldum. And this one, 
was featured in the championship weekend we just had with Meteor Mash. Now, Beldum is meta-defining for Steel-type. It is the best Steel-type in the game, well, the Shadow version of it, currently with Meteor Mash. And it will remain that way, period, unless we get a new Pokemon in Gen 9 that breaks the mold. So if there's ever a future-proof Pokemon, six Shadow Beldums with Meteor Mash is that team. That's right. It also can Mega in the future, not right now. So it's just very, very good. Oh, that's and also true of Tyranitar. We didn't yes, say that. Yes, but there and, are in Salamence. Yeah, but it's it's they're not a st- they're not already stand out top of the field anyways. So yeah, like yeah, okay, nothing beats Meta- Shadow Metagross, even in the Mega category, except Mega Metagross. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. The only other Steel Megas are Mawile and Steelix. Caesar. And Caesar doesn't count, but yes, you're right. Uh, Excuse me. <laughs> I think there's one more, but I can't remember it right now. And so Metagross just wipes the floor with all of them. Whereas, you know, Dragon is a very competitive type. Oh, Mawile? I, I said it. That was the first one I said. Oh, okay. You said Mawile and Steelix. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and Lavatar, well, Tyranitar, there is a lot of competition for rock and dark as well. Yeah. Like, I think Mega Diancy is a, an option in the future that competes with Mega Tyranitar. So it's just, it's just a fun thing to point out. We could use some new, exciting Megas, like, planned out in the future. Just, just saying. I know yeah, we, we just really got Caesar. Don't, don't yell at me. I know that. But there's 63 megas, and we have like 22 of them in the game right now. <laughs> I enjoyed the slow drip. I was super hyped for Caesar. Moving on, though, next we have Eevee. It's it's Eevee. It's mega popular. There's seven evolutions. Sorry, eight evolutions, and it's just everybody seems to want more Eevee, except for me, I guess. <laughs> Eevee with last resort, first and foremost only relevant on Umbreon where it's meta defining for PVP. Yeah. And then every other evolution has its own dedicated move as well from a second community date. So this would potentially be Eevee's third community day. I'm not going to list any of them because none of them are really relevant except for psychic on Umbreon, but you'd still probably rather have last resort unless you wanted to be spicy. If you are unfamiliar with what Eevees and Eevees evolutions have gotten uh, as far as special moves in the past for the community days, it's just like a slew of of fun sort of moves that seem on the surface like they might be helpful in some niche circumstances. But when we've kind of like broken them down, except for the one circumstance that Kyle just pointed out, it's sort of like, why are you in this situation to begin with? <laughs> yeah, just just get out of here. What, what's yeah, that? yeah. Like for instance, I think what scald from on Flareon, right? Or was that Vaporeon? No, Vaporeon gets scald, but yeah, it doesn't have the benefit which would be burn, exciting so. if it was main series game because then they would yeah. burn. But yeah, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. Next up is Rhyhorn with Rhyperior Rock Wrecker. I this one was also featured for the world championship so 
makes it a little bit less likely, but don't want it. Rhyperior with Rock Wrecker is meta defining sort of for Rock type. It is better than Tyranitar with SmackDown, but it is still worse than Rampardos. So and it cannot Mega, and it cannot Mega. This is true, but get those XL candies. That's right. Last on the list, I have a catch-all, and it's any of the starters, because they're all fair game, because that's just how Pokemon works. That said, if we got a starter, it would almost absolutely have to be Charmander at this point. Why couldn't it be Cyndaquil? Because nobody's going out to play Cyndaquil Day a second time. But it's going to be on my birthday, Kyle. I mean, you are right. That would be amazing. But it would be extra amazing if they somehow tied it in with Hisuian Typhlosion. Although I don't oh. think that would work at all. Oh, but that would be amazing. Be no, it'd be, it'd be such a weird thing for them to like throw in a Hisuian tie-in right now when we're getting all like amped up for... Paldea, you know, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. But so. we'll see. That said, we've already gotten Bulbasaur. Charmander is very beloved. It Charizard with Blastburn is still very relevant in PvP, and it's a solid fire type. So two megas, lots of versatility. It will have a Gigantamax in the future. <laughs> like sure will. It's the series favorite. It's ahead of Pikachu in that regard. And yeah, come on. And then if they do that, when they need to fall back on, they can do Squirtle again. So break out the sunglasses. It can be done. I don't know. There, there's got to be some kind of contract or something that they have to deal with to unlock the sun, the sunglasses again. They kind of they did it for seemingly like little to no reason most recently. So maybe it's because that's how long it took them to get the approval. And they're like, maybe. all right, we got it. That's Just throw true. it in. <laughs> That's true. Just pick an event. Make an event for it. I don't care. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I know I said that was the last one. It was a catch-all, but I have some honorable mentions that would work, but I don't think they're going to happen. And those are Ghastly, Magikarp, and Fletchling. I'd love a Ghastly day again. Don't Don't get me wrong. But we just got all three of those unlocked for the World Championship for the weekend. And they don't seem major enough outside of that to feature personally. Ghastly probably the most standout because Gengar is a, a very, fairly popular Pokemon. And meta to a degree. Depending on which way you're looking at it, yeah. Not, the Shadow Punch is a good PvP move and you know Mega Gengar and yeah. Gengar for ghost types for sure. Gengar gets a seat at the table. It might not be the best in some categories, but Gengar's in the room when this conversation's happening. But we did m- miss one on this list. This concludes it for you. Okay. Pikachu. No. They might do it. I refuse. I think it'd be interesting if they did it because they would bring it back with like, uh, what did the first one have? Was it surf, surf. or fly? Surf? surf. Yeah. And oh, it'd be cool if they did it with a fly. Now we have, we've had too many flying Pikachus. I'm trying to think about the, the tie-in with terrestrializing in that Pikachu. Oh, we've already like had that, Pikachu balloons. It's not it's not gonna happen. Man, I want bring back the five shaped balloon. <laughs> bring I, it back, you cowards. I made this list on Pokemon I thought seemed likely for it to happen. I still think it's very unlikely for them to bother with Pikachu. Nobody would okay. go out and do it. Nobody would do it. I mean I I would do it. But, but 
we we aren't the people that they have to care about when making the community day. That's right. We, yeah, we will go out and do whichever one it is. Yeah, they, they need not to talk get to us. They need to get the person who opens up the game once a day or once every five days to come and play that community day. And it's true. Pikachu would surf, ain't it? Mareep actually is not a bad one, too. Yeah, I mean, it has a mega. If you put the mega in raids at the same time just for the day, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Honestly, I also thought about Swablu. Swablu Altaria is very good in PvP. Mega. It's got a mega. It's like that's also an option, but like Swablu is far more common overall and works without its community move in PvP. And was just featured this weekend too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, complicated. That said, this whole list, I want it to be Beldum. That's that's my hope and my guess for the classic. I'm here for either Larvitar or Beldum. You've convinced me and reminded me of how good Metagross is. I think I, I could be remembering poorly, but if it's Beldum, that will be almost three years exactly since its first one. Wow. If only I, that mattered. <laughs> but that's just exciting. It's like, <laughs> oh, wow, it's been oh, forever. Yeah. But yes. Again, we did just get it featured so you could get Meteor Mash last weekend. Seems unlikely, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But at the same time, like we keep referencing like things that were featured most recently, like that also matters. It it doesn't. I mean, it it kind of does. I I definitely think that like at the table where Niantic has the discussions, that that gets brought up. That's gotta be brought up. I'm sure. I'm sure, maybe. And they're just like, ah, well, if there's overwhelmingly good reasons to trot out Beldum again, I'm sure they're just like, ah, well, that's whatever. Nobody's going to yeah. complain, you know? Yeah. But cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm excited to hear what it's going to be and to throw some sort of birthday-related shindig. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> it'll be a good time. Okay. We're going to move on to the Pokalore. This week's Pokalore. Yes, we're actually having a Pokalore. I'm sorry that we didn't have one the last two weeks, but this one I promise we'll make up for it because we're going to be talking about Grubbin, the Larva Pokemon, Chargebug, the Battery Pokemon, and Vikavolt, the Stag Beetle Pokemon. What? To... Wait, yeah, Stag what? Beetle. Do you know what Stag Beetle is? You should no, look it up. I got like... that. I just, their, their categories don't work. Yeah, together. it's a little weird. It's very strange, but you know. Hey, when we when we read Vikavolt's description, you'll you'll get some uh, some meat on the bones of understanding why here. Grubbin Grubbin typically lives underground. It uses its jaw as a weapon, a tool for burrowing and for extracting sap from trees. Additionally, it can create sticky threats, which it shoots from its mouth and uses to swing around as though on suspension wires. <laughs> it also uses these threads to stop opponents from moving. So it can then grab them in its mandibles, which are strong enough to snap thick tree branches. Even its natural enemies would rather run away than risk getting caught in its mandibles. It loves electricity and can be found near power plants. They can also be found near electric type Pokemon as a means of avoiding attacks from bird like Pokemon. <laughs> Rookie D is a natural enemy of Grubbin. Ah, I love Rookie D, but stay away from my poor little Grubbin. Next up is Chargebug. Chargebug is often found half buried in leaves or earth, munching on humus, which is not a misspelled thing of hummus. I, I had to look it up. 
it's, <laughs> it's basically just like biodegradable. Like it's just soil. It's high nutrient soil. Pretty cool. In its body is an electric sac, which it uses to store electricity generated by digesting food. The electricity it stores could run a household for a whole day and can be shared with other Pokemon. As shown in the anime, it can send sound waves to communicate with nearby Grubbin. Gotta rally the forces. Last up is Vikavolt. Vikavolt produces electricity with an organ in its abdomen and controls it with its huge jaws to fire powerful electric beams. When it clasps a charger bug in its legs, it is able to utilize it as an extra battery. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> it's the Pokemon Go player Pokemon. <laughs> this allows it to continue firing powerful attacks. However, during fierce aerial fights, it will release charge bug to make itself lighter and more mobile. It is an adept flyer capable of acrobatic maneuvers such as tailspins and sharp turns. Even as it weaves through complicated tangles of branches in the forest, it is able to maintain high-speed flight. It is known to have a rivalry with Pinsir and Heracross. As shown in the anime, it likes to drink tree sap. It's a very interesting Pokemon. I like how every single time they introduce a beetle Pokemon at all, they're like, it hates the other beetle Pokemon that we had already. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're at odds. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> All right, max CP. Let's talk about some stats for Vikavolt. A max CP at level forty is thirty-one seventeen. A level fifty is thirty-five twenty-four. Really not too shabby. Stamina of one eighty-four, defense of one fifty-eight, and an attack of two fifty-four, which is really also not that bad. Too bad it's a bug type Pokemon. <laughs> All right, move set you're going to be looking for here is going to be Spark and Discharge mixed with Exorcer. Or bug bite discharge and X's are going to want to get that stab kind of across the board. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Any love for this Pokemon, Kyle? I like Vikavolt. Like, I think Vikavolt is cool. I don't like Grubbin or Charger Bug at all. But that's it. I also am annoyed by its categorization, Stag Beetle Pokemon, because that's the same as Pinsir, and it fits Pinsir better. But I feel like this was a prime time for them to do like some Pokemon garbage and give it like like the Amperage Pokemon, which doesn't make any sense with Vikavolt, but mm -hmm. Amperage, electricity, like, I don't know. It seemed like that'd be funny. Yeah, Stag Beetle just seems so oddly and unnecessarily specific, especially since it's already, like you said, stepping exactly on the toes of another Pokemon. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. But it has god awful base speed in the main series game so it gets to avoid that here and go so that's kind of neat and uh that's about it because the rest of its stats are not good enough combined with its moves to matter unfortunately so it has what has bad speed in the main series games but in the pokedex it calls out that it can move really fast yeah yeah people talk about it all the time it's it's base speed is atrocious it's like in the bottom tier of all speed <laughs> That's odd. I don't know. I've never actually ran a Vigavolt in the team, so I guess I've never had to yeah. suffer this, unfortunately, but I'll have to fix that. Maybe that sounds like a fun challenge. Okay. That's it for Pokalore though. I love it. Whenever we get to talk about a bug, nobody can tell me no. <laughs> okay. We're going to get into Pokepole next. Last week's Pokepole was what unpopular Pokemon are you a fan of? First responses from Mikey Midas, and they said, 
Despite having lackluster stats and terrible typing, Parasect is one of the best shiny hunting buddies I've ever had in the mainline games. It has access to False Swipe to get the wild Pokemon's HP to 1, Spore to make them sleep, and Sunny Day to ensure that weather effects like hail or sand don't make them faint. Parasect even has the hidden ability Damp, which prevents Pokemon from using self-destruct moves. Also, shout out to the Woobat line. They're way cuter than anyone gives them credit for. I will agree with that. Woobat is a thousand percent superior to Zubat. That is for sure. That's fair, but the evolutions than Swoobat. I was going to say the evolutions are much more up for debate, but I think Woobat is far superior. That said, I like I like the look at Parasect and what Pokemon you like in terms of how useful it can be in potentially not obvious ways. So yeah, I'm for that. That's really cool. It's also interesting to sort of introduce more of a go-based listenership to the idea that like Pokemon have utility and usage in main series games outside of what we understand. I mean, like, and we say that stuff all the time, but like that's an illustrated example. So thank you. Could you imagine like adding flame body into the, the game in some way, shape or form? Oh my gosh. Uh, it would be a nightmare for really quick moves. If you just hit it to like one damage to every time, like bang, bang, bang. bang. Oh, no, no, no. Fl- flame body is, uh, it makes eggs hatch faster. That's the part I care about. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking about something else. Am I, th- am I thinking of the world of Warcraft spell? Is that what I'm thinking of? What's that m- molten armor, magma molten, armor? Molten shield? From yeah, that The mage shield? One. No, I that's don't know. Maybe. One. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know there's molten armor as well. Oh my god. Oh, we're moving. We on. gotta stop. We gotta Anyways. stop that. No, don't go near that. Don't go near that topic. <laughs> Next response is from Barry Cherry, and they said, Chikorita and all of its evolutions. I think it's such a cute design and it's basically a dinosaur. What's not to love? The necklace. <laughs> the necklace. It's not a dinosaur. I know it's based on one, but it's not one. <laughs> Next one's from Pugglemania. Submitted via Spotify. A few weeks back, I was battling grunts to then receive the rocket radar to then defeat Ciara to get a shiny drowsy. Not only did I get the shiny once, I got him twice back to back. Well, first off, that's actually insane because I have one shadow shiny period. Yeah, if they were both shadow shiny uh, drowsy, that's actually pretty pretty crazy because they're pretty rare to begin with. But yeah, drowsy is like an unpopular choice i feel like a lot of people like i don't know i feel like drowsy might be a sleeper hit actually i feel like a lot of people have some affinity for drowsy oh i didn't even mean to do that you made the face that i made a joke and i didn't understand oh it's so great for audio format but but for real did you wait did, did, did my mic not pick up my my drum clap no i just hear really? the clap and then i, I saw what? your face go hot like that meme with the one husky yeah that's that's weird. That's <laughs> wild. Why it doesn't pick that up. My God. <laughs> but yeah, no. Shadow Shiny Drowsy, good deal. And last one from Benjamin, also via Spotify. Octillery. Octopus tank is the best tank. I I'm for it. I, I like I like Octillery. It's a very strange evolution from Remoraid, and I feel like some ideas got lost in translation in development, but it needed a middle evolution really badly. I mean, no, it just, just needed to be a separate Pokemon. Like Re- maybe Octillery could have been the 
grapple act of Gen 2. Like, it could have just been by itself. It would have been fine. Wait, Gravel Act has a pre-evolution, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Puss. Okay. okay, that's fair enough. I don't know why that one stood out in my head. Octillery no, could I have understand. been a standalone evolution. No, and I, and, I mean, yeah. Remoraid would fits more thematically with, like, you know, Clauncher and stuff, so. Moving on, for this week's Pokepole, we have which Pokemon do you think would make the best babysitter and why? Now, I understand that some of us do not have children to be babysat. You could you could substitute a pet in here if you want. You know, it could be uh, an old relative that needs to be watched. It could be uh, a neighborhood kid that you babysit, uh, and this would be a substitute babysitter for you. Yeah, there, there's no way out of this not being relatable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> However, you need to make it relatable is also is totally okay. Right. Right. So. My answer is going to be based off of a scenario where I am babysitting or this Pokemon that I'm choosing for the job is just going to be babysitting generic like two kids as like a regular babysitting scenario. I think <laughs> I I think Dragonite would be the best babysitter. Dragonite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's really not as big as you think it is. That one like Lighthouse episode made us think that it was really big, but the Mewtwo movie made us realize that it's only like, you know, eight feet nine feet tall maybe it could fit in a regular house but more is. importantly it won't accidentally step on your children the, the pokedex says 2.2 meters so what is that in american units it's like it's like seven feet tall okay that's not too bad that's not too bad yeah i feel like dragonite is like tall uncle shaped i feel like if you want to go that that category or that style Kangaskhan would be a good potential answer there. Yeah, but I feel Sorry. like that's too straightforward. It's almost kind of creepy to leave your kids with a Kangaskhan. You know what I mean? Why? Doesn't be sitting in the pouch all day. You know what I mean? Like just hanging out. Like I don't know. I feel like no. Dragonite would just take care of my kids in their environment. But I, mean, I feel like <laughs> okay. Kangaskhan want to be like I'm your mom now. You know? No, I don't know. But I no. Okay. Guess I know. Right. I think my answer is is a generic one, but it's it's too good for me with my limited time of thinking. Uh, Chancy, because I want to make sure that they're taken care of as best as possible. Now, whether they're like capable of of like feeding and put it putting it to bed, I don't know, but they can watch it. I think Chancy can do just about everything, right? Probably. The I eggs are apparently really good that they have, so maybe they just make it. I guess so. It heals any character in Super Smash Brothers, regardless of where they come from. So. <laughs> It must be good overall. Anyway, if you, dear listener, have the answer to this week's Pokeball question, which is, which Pokemon do you think would make the best babysitter and why? You can answer when we post it on Twitter. You can answer the question when we post it in our Discord channel if you're a patron of ours, the Pokeball channel. You can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com or leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717 or even new if you'd like to and you're listening via the Spotify app, you can actually respond to the question to in this this podcast episode. You can answer it right there. It's kind of cool. Uh, so lots of ways to do that. But before we talk about anything email or voicemail related, we're going to pass on over to Fish and DeFi, who this week are going to be kind of just catching up on a lot of stuff. Sylph news and much, much more. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on Hater. And I'm DeFi E250. 
and this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is number 100 on the Great League rankings. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? Well, Fish, we just finished up the Fighting Cup and Open Great League, and now we are moving on to the final week of the season. Right now, from August 24th to September 1st, we have Open Great League, Open Ultra League, and Open Master League. And hopefully, we're going to get some more information about Season 12 soon. But until then, we can always make predictions. <laughs> Fish, what do you think is going to happen in Season 12, specifically around move updates? I'm sure we're going to still get go battle days, go battle weekends. There'll be a cool pose, all of that kind of normal stuff. But move updates, we haven't seen any since the competitive season started in Play Pokemon. And I'm real curious... Yeah, I've heard a lot of commentary about um, how lock-on should be nerfed uh, to not generate energy quite as fast. Um, I've also heard a lot of people saying Icicle Spear should be a little less powerful, Poison Fang, and what was the other one? Zap Cannon, I think uh, people have been talking about a lot. I'm I'm going to guess that two of those things are going to be nerfed. I don't know which two. But I don't think Niantic are going to go absolutely crazy and, and say, you know, okay, ev everything gets changed. Like, even though we haven't had any changes in a long time, I don't think they're going to take this opportunity to, you know, wholesale, everything must go. <laughs> I think they're, they're going to be relatively conservative with what they change. I would agree. Would love to see, you know, Zap Cannon, Icicle Spear, all of that kind of stuff nerfed. Uh, but I'm also interested to see what's going to get buffed. So maybe some of these moves that we've always said are kind of trash, like your Aerial Ace, your Bulldoze, uh, moves like that that are yeah. just kind of bad. Yeah. Um, maybe could get a buff or maybe some fast moves to add some variety. Uh, so maybe a different because really for Steel type fast moves. Uh, we have Steel Wing, right? And that's about it. That's we don't it. even really yeah. see Steel Wing that often. So maybe something like that. There's Metal Claw. But how often do you see it? Uh, yeah, like not often at all. So something like that. So maybe adding um, a new Steel Fast move or even a different Fighting Fast move uh, to counteract how popular Counter is. So maybe something different that's just like generates high energy but doesn't do as much damage something yeah. like that it's really tough because with so many different elements to the game it's just pretty much impossible to make things completely balanced like as soon as you make stuff like that better other stuff will become less viable and other, and some moves and typings are gonna just fade into obscurity after that and, and then we'll be calling for a, a buff to those moves as well so it's it's just such a difficult balancing act incredibly impressive that they managed to keep all those balls up in the air all right well i am very much looking forward to season 12 news we'll hopefully have it very soon uh we just don't have it now as of recording on august 24th on wednesday but i bet it'll drop right as soon as we're done recording let's move on our uh, self check-in, and as promised last week, we have a fair amount to cover DeFi. It's first up, we have factions. Yeah, so gonna we're going to just cover, yep. So we're going to cover the big changes that are happening from last season of factions, starting out with just open Great League. Uh, for Great League, the restricted list has been way reduced. Uh, there are only six Pokemon on it now. 
just Registeel, Walrein, Galarian, Stunfisk, Metacham, Sableye, and Trevenant. Of course, these Pokemon are not banned, but you can only have one of them on your team. So you can't make a stacked team with all six of these Pokemon. You have to pick one. So there will be no Walrein Trevenant core present in Open Great League for factions this season. They are separating the two. Excellent. By only allowing one pick. We have the Ultra League custom meta of the Celestial Field, and there's been slight changes to it. They have added Overquill to the allowed list, being a new addition since the Celestial Field was introduced. So now that allowed list is Dragon, Flying, Ghost, Normal, Psychic, Rock, and Water types, and Sizor, Durant, Alolan Muck, Skuntank, Drapion, and Overquill. The banned Pokemon are... Of course, your Megas, Fairy, Fire, Fighting, Mud Boys, Giratina Altered Form, Obstagoon, Warrain, Trevenant, Mandibuzz, and Deoxys Defense. So really, it's just Overquill that is the only change. And just as a, a bit of a refresher, uh, Regirock is right at the top of that meta. Um, Skarmory is actually a pretty good partner to it, and so is Cresselia. I, I was uh, looking at Team Builder before, and Reg- Regirock and Cresselia together, uh, they get like B-A-A-A in the scorecard. <laughs> One other thing is that your big, thick, normal types like your Snorlax, Licky Licky, and Greedent, they're looking pretty good because there are no fighters, no no like, very prominent fighters. Also, like, I mean, anything with a normal type, like your Porygon 2, really, um, they're, they're looking pretty good because fighting types are the big things that they fear. Uh, even though normal type is double-resisted by Ghost, th- most of those normal types, like, have moves that hit the Ghost for super effective. So they don't care about the Ghosts. The Ghosts are more scared of them than they are of it. Yeah, I just love that Ultra League is getting a battlefield for the first time their first mm-hmm. specialized meta they announced it a long time ago but this is the first season that is getting put into play and i'm very excited for our ultra league battlers moving on to master league megas they're allowing megas to be allowed the restricted list includes some of those mega pokemon but you can have mega Beedrill in there as just a non-restricted pick in the master league yeah, I'm I'm really happy about that. I like I don't even participate in Master League at the moment and I'm I'm still really excited about that. <laughs> so, just to go through the Master League changes, uh in addition to Megas being allowed, here's your restricted list. Specialists can pick a maximum of 3 of these Pokémon. So, your restricted list includes Mewtwo, Ho, Lugia, Kyogre, Groudon, Dialga, Palkia, Giratina Altered, Giratina Origin, Landorus, both the Incarnate and Therian form, Zekrom, Yvital, Buzzwole, Zacian, Melmetal, Mew, Meloetta, Zarude, and then Mega Venusaur, Mega Charizard X, and Mega Blastoise. So, all of those are kind of the top Master League Pokemon, so you're going to have to fill in the rest of your team elsewhere. Then we have our Great League Battlefields, and we have the return of two previous Sylph Cups and the addition of a new one. So the first one, we'll go with the new one. It is the Primeval Cup. So for Primeval Cup, you will be allowed to pick Dark, Dragon, Electric, Ice, or Rock types, or any of the following species. Greedent, Snorlax, Munchlax, 
Licky Licky, Normal Cast Form, Tapufini, Milotic, Arbok, and Sceptile. The bands are Shadows, Megas, Fighting, Steel, Ground, Alola Ninetales, Obstagoon, Raichu, Warrain, Umbreon, Dugong, Regirock, Lycanroc Midnight, Crustle, Dragauji, Pachirizu, Abomasnow, Sableye, Drapion, and that's it. So, and like looking into this one, I immediately noticed how good Tapu Fini was going to be. Get those trades happening with your local community or, or you know, if you're in a rural area where there's no players, drive somewhere where there is more players where you can trade a Tapu Fini because that is going to be a very, very good pick this meta. You've got to have one on your team and you've got to be able to answer a Tapu Fini on the opposing team. Pairing Tapu Fini with a Dragon looks really, really good. Looks like a really tight core, particularly two Dragons. Zwilus is kind of the biggest one, and also Gudra, uh, which Gudra, interestingly enough, is a Dragon that can beat Tapu Fini because that Power Whip is doing so much good work. It does have to... Uh, successfully bait in the one and two shields, I believe it is. But if you can land a power whip, that does a lot of damage to the Tapu Fini. So uh, pairing a Tapu Fini with Zwilus or Gudra or really any dragon is going to be nice. Uh, you also want to look at things like Galvantula as a Tapu Fini counter and also something that can beat Zwilus as well. So it's a nice core breaker to those two. Cradilly is really nice, and any Poison Jabber is going to be good against the Tapu Fini. So like your uh, Hisui and Quillfish and Overquill or your Skuntank, things like that. Moving on to Timeless Cup. Timeless Cup debuted in Season 2 of the Silph Arena in December 2019. And t- with Timeless, you start by picking a starter, just like you would in the main series games. So you pick a starter from the first, second, and third stages of starter Pokemon from Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh, or Unova regions. Then the remaining five Pokemon on your team are from those same five regions. So pretty much anything from Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh, or Unova, except for the following. No Megas, Shadows, Legendaries, Mythicals, no Dragons, Fairies, Fighting, Flying, or Normal, or Psychic, or Steel types. So that pairs it down quite a bit. Uh, Also, Shadows are banned. Some individual bands include Umbreon, Sableye, Drapion, Nidoqueen, Walrein, and Pachirisu. This meta has wildly changed since December 2019 because of the dragon ban. So now that dragons are no longer in Timeless Cup, ice is not as good because ice types like Lapras used to be wildly popular last time in Timeless Cup and now nowhere to be seen. A couple Pokemon that have risen to the top, Samurott looks really, really solid as a starter that you could choose. Uh, Venusaur is also definitely at the top of the meta. Grodel is also up there, strangely enough. Not (laughs) Torterra, not the final stage, but Grodel, as well as Ariados, which is a very fun and popular pick, rose to some popularity during the Play Pokemon competitive season. Then we have the Sorceress Cup, which we first saw in June of 2020, another Season 2 Cup. And that I remember this one being very popular. I remember being like, 
one of the few people that did not particularly do well in this meta. So we have Fairy, Ice, Normal, Poison, and Psychic types allowed. The bans include anything which requires at least 75,000 Stardust to give a second move to. So that includes a lot of your legendaries that they all cost, all of your legendaries that all cost 100,000 Stardust to give a second move to, and a lot of pseudo-legendaries like your Dragonites and your Metagross uh, that all cost 75,000. And that includes like purifying any shadows to get them under 75,000. It's it's prior to that. So uh, all of those Pokemon are banned as well as Megas, Steel-types, Dugong, Obstagoon, Warrain, Diggersby, Lickitung, Nidoqueen, Hisuian Quillfish, Overquill, Wobbuffet, Metacham, Sneasler, Litleo, and Pyroar. Once again, this is this, well, this was one of the very first metas where we were all like, Frostlass. Frostlass is queen. <laughs> Frostlass is just such a great safe pick a great closer as well uh, because it does decent damage with its fast move as well and it also uh, gets to its very damaging charge moves very quickly which has such nice coverage as well so uh, Frostlass is such a good pick. I also recommend Shadow Skuntank. It is a really nice switch in this meta with two poison jabs of energy lead it has a 19-6 record in the one shield against the Sorceress Cup meta. Now, 19-6 is, is kind of impressive on its own, but if you take a look even further, five of those six losses, it has a battle rating of 465 and above. Now, 500 is a tie. Anything above 500 is a win. Anything below 500 is a loss, and obviously the lower the number the bigger the loss is so 465 means a very very narrow loss what that tells me is that if you want if you really want to maintain switch advantage you can use your second shield and just poison jab those pokemon down to come out with a bit more energy yes you have no shield so that's a risk you're taking but you have that energy on a shadow skun tank which can now threaten whatever's coming in or maybe you can switch it out and keep it as like an end game nuke uh, an end game snipe uh, one more thing is that I think Frostlass with Shadow Beedrill, which is number one in the rankings, I think that is going to be a really nice core together. I've talked about how much I love Shadow Beedrill as a pick. I do advise a bit of caution with picking Shadow Beedrill and Shadow Skuntank in the same line because then you might be relying a bit too much on Poison Jab. That got me in a lot of trouble in a recent meta i think the the most recent sylph meta i tried that and i was like whoop that's not working so to be careful there yeah i'm just really excited for these three different metas very different than the two field specialist metas that we had last season so two field specialists are going to do the primeval field one specialist doing timeless and one specialist doing sorceress field so a little different i'm excited for the variety though you ready for continentals fish yes it, it is fast approaching. Uh, unfortunately, there's no wild card qualifiers this year. So so that was, you know, DeFi's and Mai's opportunities gone. But that's okay. Uh, they are going to be going straight into Continentals, which will be happening on September 3rd or 4th, 
depending on your regions. So the Asia Pacific Continental will be happening September 3rd at 1 p.m. Japan Standard Time, which is UTC plus nine. The North American Championships, which is basically just US and Canada, uh, they will be September 3rd at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Europe, Middle East, and Africa will be happening on September 4th at midday British summertime. And the Latin American Continental will be happening on the 4th at 1 p.m. Chilean Standard Time. This is a format that we, look, uh, as people who are so heavily into the PvP scene, uh, myself and DeFi have seen a uh, format like this before, but it has not appeared in a Sylph meta before. It is a pick 8 ban 2 format. So rather than picking 6 Pokemon, competitors will pick a team of 8, and their opponent will take a look at that team and ban two of them from their match. So if DeFi and I are matched up against each other, I take a look at DeFi's team, her eight Pokemon, and I think, oh, actually, that Drapion she's got actually has really good matchups against my line of eight myself. Then I can say, no, I'm banning that for this match. You can't bring it into any of our three battles. She can also do the same to me. So it makes for an extra layer of strategy there. The rules for team building are simply all unique typings and maximum two monotypes allowed. So, for example, if I pick Sableye in my team, I'm not allowed to have any other dark types or ghost types. There are species-specific bands, which are Registeel, Regirock, Pachirizu, Scrafty, the Galarian Legendary Birds, the Ultra Beasts, Sneasler, and Hisuian Arcanine. I am very excited to see these teams. We won't have information on it by next recording, but the recording after that will be able to give the results of Continentals, and I am very much looking forward to seeing how these teams play out. So let's move on to our mailbag. We have an email and a voicemail to take a look at. We'll do the email first. This one is from Timmer Rap, who says, Hey, Fish and DeFi. One thing I noticed watching the World Championships was the amount of note-taking all the competitors were doing. A few even jotted something down mid-battle. I'm curious, as someone not at that competitive level, do you know what the heck they were writing down? Cheers, Timurat. Well, Timurat, I can give you my experience, some of the things that I wrote down when I was battling at the North American International Championships. I even went on stage so you could see me scribbling a little bit uh, on the notebook I brought. So the rule there was that you could take notes, but you couldn't use any previous notes when you go to a new opponent. So when I go to my and sit down with my next opponent, I had to have completely blank pages in front of me. So a lot of times what I would write down is I would write down my own team. I would write down my opponent's team from their sheet of paper. I would kind of make a little almost like a PV poke sim where like, oh, okay, so I've got, you know, I've got my Tapu Fini and they have this Nido Queen. I don't really want to bring my Tapu Fini against their Nido Queen. Just little things like trying to figure out what leads I wanted to bring, which closers. Um, in between battles, I would write down what my opponent's line of three was, what they brought in the lead, um, things like that, writing down any move sets. Um, so, for example, if someone brought in Azumarill, you might write down like, ooh, they had Hydro Pump. That's that's different. Things like that were some of the things that I myself wrote down in my notebook. And it makes sense because, like, the first 
thought that might occur to you is like, well, can't you just remember all that? But um, getting that stuff out of your head and onto paper means that you have less that you're trying to hold in your head. It's like trying to hold like physical items. Like the more you're trying to hold, the harder it is to hold it all. So uh, yeah, I think that's the theory behind it. For sure. Just clearing your head so you can focus more on what's happening in the moment. Yep, and playing competitively like that, especially if you're on stage, it's really stressful. So you're going to might even not remember as much as you typically would if you're just battling Go Battle League at home or you're doing a remote self tournament at home. Uh, Your adrenaline is pumping, all of that kind of stuff. So it's a little harder to remember things. So it just helps to write down like, oh, I want to use... Like, I just wrote down potential lines of three. Like, oh, I could run this line, and I could run this line, and I could run this line. And then picking and choosing what I wanted. But thank you so much for your question. I hope that enlightened you a little bit. I can't say what all everybody else wrote, but those were just some of the things that I was writing down. Next up, we have a voicemail. We don't get these often. I'm really excited. Let's take a listen to this voicemail. Hello, go guest. Um, Nicholas here from Lefty. And um, I uh, just want to that you know, and my antic, that I have a few things that I want to say. Um, first, more accessibility for rough players to be raised. Like, I think in a couple of games, you have random lobby um, joints, and you can filter, like, one-star, three-star, five-star, mega, legendary, um, and that you can re- join random people and don't have to go to their computer to get to Discord. And then um, I think the mega system is broken because I I just every day evolve mega even if I don't need to. Um so that's broken I think. Um then I think this is for uh DeFi and and uh says on here. Um more PvP accessibility because I um last team I was like um most of them like rank five um because I just played it in the car if I can if I can't catch Pokemon. And I think they should do a tutorial in in Pokemon Go so you can learn and you only have to go to your computer to YouTube or Discord. Then more um the more um more accessibility for um the uh, things you can search in the search bar uh, because there's like lots of things but the uh, they don't learn you and uh I think they they should do a tutorial in Pokemon Go. And I have a question for you for you. Um uh which uh, buildings you like to have in Pokemon Go, like a, uh, a Pokemon Center, uh, a breeder, or a gym, and not a gym that you know it, but that you can challenge a person, and not just a champion. And so that's everything I'd like to ask. Bye. Thank you so much for your voicemail. Uh, we can break this down. There were five key points that you brought up in your list of suggestions for Niantic. The first one, more accessibility for rural players to do raids, like in how in some games you can have like a random lobby with people. And 
We have a couple ways that you can actually do that. The first one, I would say being Pokegenie, that is out right now. It's a third-party app, but it allows you to get into raids with random people. Um, you kind of wait in a list. You can search for which way you want, um, and they have instructions to follow. So Pokegenie is a really good app for that. Uh, another suggestion, Campfire is actually a Niantic app that is going to work seamlessly with Pokemon Go. So it's going to be right from Niantic. Uh, however, that's not going to be random lobbies, but it'll help you find other people doing raids in your local area. Niantic is really big into making sure that people are together in the community. So they're really going to be encouraging in-person raids, not remote ones. But Pokegenie works really well for random remote lobbies. So the next point you brought up was about the mega system. And you mentioned accidentally evolving a mega when you don't mean to. That stinks. That's, hap that's happened to the best of us. I've double moved or I've accidentally evolved Pokemon when I don't mean to. They do ask you, do you want to evolve your Pokemon before mega evolving it? So they do have that check in there. Um, it's just about being more careful because this game doesn't have a back button. You can't undo in this game. Once you do something, you've done it. Mm. Do you power up a Pokemon one too many times? You've done it. There's no, there's no going back. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's dangerous. I, I know I've done it. <laughs> the third point that was brought up was about PvP accessibility, and they mentioned the idea of a tutorial in game. DeFi, that is like it makes all the sense. Why has that not been done yet? I don't know. The best that we have is just things like rocket battles and things that and kind of simulate what a Go Battle League battle is like. But there's no just straight tutorial on like how to build a line of three or how to set up a good team. Nothing like that. So I definitely think po Pokemon Go, just like in the main series, they're not going to tell you everything, but they could give you... A little bit more like in the main series you do have kind of a tutorial like in between the first town to the second town there's usually some kind of teaching that happens uh, so they could definitely do a little bit more especially on the pvp side next was the idea of more accessibility in the search bar and we have some fun stuff to tell you which is there is actually plenty of cool little hidden tricks that you can use in the search bar to really make your searches very minute and and targeted so what are some examples of things that you can add into your search queries sure there's actually an article right from niantic support right on niantic help uh that lists them all you do have to go out you did mention like you have to go out to your computer but niantic did provide something um it's just you know you have to go to a website to find it hmm. uh so in addition to when you search for Pokemon, they give you a couple examples, like searching for normal types, searching for traded, what can evolve, um, legendaries, things like that. You can also search for egg exclusive Pokemon by typing in eggs only, all one word. You can look for shadow Pokemon. You can look for ultra beasts. Uh, one really cool one that's kind of new is you can do attribute appraisal. So if I type in, for example, one attack would show any Pokemon with an appraisal for the attack stat in that first range from one to five. If I typed in three HP, it would show any Pokemon with an appraisal for the HP stat in that third range from like 10 to 15. 
Yeah. One of my favorites that I use so often is you can search for Pokemon by move type. If you add the at symbol and then a typing, then it will filter to all the Pokemon that have that typing of move in their arsenal. So uh, typing at grass will show you all the Pokemon that have grass moves in your list. And you can get even more granular than that. If you type at one grass or at the number one, then it'll show you all the Pokemon that have a grass fast move. If you type at two grass or three grass, it will show you all the Pokemon that have a grass type first or second charge move. Another one I use uh, every now and then is age, where if you type in age and a number, then that will filter out to any Pokemon that have been caught within that time period in days. So I often use that one for community days to filter to all of that Pokemon that I've caught just that day. If you type age zero, that means less than 24 hours old and you can see just what you've caught that day. Similarly, distance. Uh, Right now, when you do trades, you get a guaranteed XL candy, but typically to get XL candy, you need to do distance trades. So I can search distance 1000 to find all my Pokemon caught within a 1000 kilometer radius, or I could do distance 1000 with a little dash afterwards to find my Pokemon caught further away than 1000 kilometers. We'll send the link to this article to Chris and Carl to pop into the show notes. So if you have not looked at it before, that'll be an easy way to access it. And we hope that helps you out. Finally, there was a question about which buildings would you like to have in Pokemon Go DeFi? Well, one building that I really like in Pokemon from the main series game, they mentioned, you know, the Pokemon Center, stuff like that. I like the fan club. I think you could do something really cool with the fan oh. club because the person yeah. would say like, oh, my Rapidash, I love it. It's so sweet and, you know, uh, all of those things. We don't really have a way to brag about our catches in game. You have to go out to mm-hmm. Discord or Twitter or somewhere else. I think it'd be cool to have like a brag board of like the Pokemon that you love in game. I think that would be neat. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, you know what I think would be really cool? When Play Pokemon have these regional events, they have like a lot of nice, cool tie-ins with the game. What if you could go to a location where a regional event is happening and in-game there was a gym there? So it's like you're actually going to the gym to fight other trainers and earn your gym badge. That would be fun. I like the idea of like a gym being more of a gym in the main series sense of the game. And, uh, yeah, like th- things like having like, uh, an actual physical real world location where there is like a Pokemon center or a Pokemart, uh, happening. So maybe, maybe there's like, uh, one Pokemart in each city where you can like go to that physical r- real world location and access exclusive shop items or something like that it would be cool. I don't know how like accessible that would be. It probably goes a little bit against the accessibility that Niantic wants to go for, but I think it would be a cool idea. Yep. And then the one, I think the gimme answer is a daycare. So you can breed Pokemon. I think that's kind of the the gimme, the thing that people think about all the time is when are we going to be able to breed Pokemon and target which kind of eggs we want? I don't think it's ever going to happen, but that would be, I don't know. It's an easy answer. It's, it's something that a lot of us have been thinking about for a while. 
I mean, it's a fun thought to be like, okay, I, I want, I want to grind XL candy for this Pokemon, but I'm already like walking this other Pokemon, so I might pop this Pokemon in the daycare and and build my XL stash that way, and then come and collect it afterwards. That would be cool. Again, don't think it's gonna happen, but. it's a fun idea thank you so much for the voicemail we don't get voicemails very often so we really appreciate you sending one our way absolutely and that means it's time for our shameless plugs DeFi. do you have anything to plug yeah i'm going to be doing my 12 hour stream two days from this recording it will be already passed by the time that the podcast comes out but you can go back and watch the vod or i'll try to put some clips on youtube or tiktok or something like that but i'm really excited for that and then uh something cool and exciting again tiktok with the youth of the world being on TikTok, uh, I just passed 500 followers. So that was wow because I just started posting on it this summer. Very quick as well. That was that was very fast. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. For me, so for a very long time, I have been wanting to create a space in Pallet Town where people who want to practice or learn the craft of shoutcasting can come and you know, just shoutcast some battles and, and learn on the job. And so we are finally making that happen. We will be every couple of weeks to start off with. If it gets really popular, we might up it to every week. But uh, every couple of weeks, we will stream some GBL battles or maybe like a practice tournament. And we will invite people who want to learn how to shoutcast or practice their shoutcasting to come on and shoutcast those battles. And hopefully that can be like a training ground that can catapult them to bigger and better things. No matter what your own goals are, we want to help you to achieve them and to get there. So if you are listening to this and you have been thinking, I want to give this shoutcasting thing, I want to be like DeFi when I grow up, (laughs) get in contact with us and we'll, we'll get you a spot on one of these shoutcasting sessions. Um, we're really excited to make this happen. It's something that uh, we think is is really going to be of a of great service to the PvP community. We've also got the regular thing that we do each week, which is the Trophies and Achievements channel in the Palatown PvP server. Um, so anyone who has achieved something in a PvP sense that they are proud of, they post in there. So Greninja Muffin has been posting in there a lot lately. They've been just on the move and they finally hit veteran for the first time which is amazing um janador uh, i will throw this one in there too not pvp related but hit the platinum medal for wayfarer agreements so i'm going to give a shout out to jamal and lachlan at the way spotters podcast friends of the show and bandman clayton hit legend earlier this week so congratulations to clayton All right. And with that, I think that's a show. We love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more Fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you so much, Fish and DeFi, for yet another wonderful, classic PvP Corner episode. Yes, all four of us are here two weeks in a row. Can you believe it? Wow, was a geez. Okay, uh, Mr. Kyle, I think we've got another segment here to do. Could you help me out here? What are we doing? It's time for emails. That's right, and no voicemails this week. 
First one's from Seth, and they said, recently found your podcast, and I've been enjoying listening weekly. I have been rejecting my daily incense, but your podcast has inspired me to walk daily on my way home from work. Ten minutes into my second day, I already spotted a Galarian Moltres. Nice. I was stoked to see it was only a, it was only 42 CP, so it was possible to catch. And now I'm the proud owner of one of the most beautiful Pokemon I've ever seen. I am pumped. Thanks, GoCast. Well, that, congratulations on the Galarian Moltres. It is, it is a good We're all one. universally jealous. That's an incredible catch. Good for you. Nice. I look forward to whatever PvP cup shows up where you can actually use it and just make everybody slightly salty, even <laughs> if you don't win. No, that'd be pretty cool. I would love to see the other two birds be useful besides just Zapdos. That'd be kind of neat. But anyway, thank you for the email. This next one is from Casey. Hey, Chris and Kyle. I've been listening to your podcast since about 185, but even in that short time, I've fallen in love with the podcast and look forward to every new episode. What made me love this podcast even more is on episode 200 when Chris started making My Hero Academia references when he was talking about a, ty- <laughs> a Typhlosion Gigantamax. I love My Hero Academia and love Pokemon Go just as much. To have it put together made my day. I can freely listen to you guys at work and I always laugh. Here are some of my goals for the fall season for September through November. Reach level 39, max up my Hundo Hydreigon, and catch at least 10 Shinies in the upcoming community days. Thanks so much again for brightening my day all the time. Shiny vibes all. Even though I don't understand the inside joke, I'm going to say it. Sorry for the long email. Signed, Casey. (laughs) Uh, All right. So I actually have a little bit of uh, admitting to do here. Out of the two of us, Kyle is the bigger My Hero fan than I am. I am an anime only. And he read ahead because he couldn't handle it i after the mid-season break of season four i'm like i can't actually wait anymore so i went and i read all of the manga and i'm currently reading it week to week right now and i'm dying but my hair academia is great and oh yeah very much looking forward to the upcoming seasons even if i know the current plot yeah no me too the animation and the fights in that show are breathtaking and the music is really, really good. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, good luck on your goals. Thanks for sharing them with us. Appreciate it, Casey. Next emails from Crazy Cat, spelled with Q's. That's how you know they're crazy. Hey, GoCast crew, Chris, Kyle Fish, DeFi, and special guest. Not this week, but maybe soon. Wanted to share a bit of my experience about Zigzagoon Community Day. Unfortunately, I spent most of the day under my car replacing the muffler, mid pipe, and resonator. Not sure if I fixed the problem, but I definitely fixed a problem. So I guess it was successful. Sidebar, what's the strangest reason you've had to miss a community day for? Well, Chris, quick, have you missed a community day? I haven't. No, I I have missed one, and it was because I couldn't get the day off at work. Mm. So <laughs> the rest of my mm-hmm. life is planned around community days. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> my dad's calling, hey, can you help me on Saturday? I'm like, it's... It's community. What are you talking about? He's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I, I've like trained everybody else around me too that like I've just said a flat out no to everything else. I'm like, no, every time they're like, oh, sorry, have a nice time. Like <laughs> every time my dad asked me to do something on a weekend, he's like, is there a community day this weekend? He doesn't know. <laughs> he just always checks. So. Uh, Back to the email though, which meant I missed the oh so convenient three hour community day proper. Oh, bummer. Fortunately, my roommate was down to go for a poker walk once the car was back together. We managed to find and beat a Lanoon raid. 
So I did get to experience the Galarian Zigzagoon spawns, complete with the increased shine chances. Thanks to the bug out events, boosted candy for great and excellent throws, I still came away with enough candy to evolve a few Zigzagoons into Obstagoon with the exclusive move, along with some candy left over to power some up later. Definitely not a fan of the reduced time frame for Community Day, as it's meant that I've basically missed the last three, including Dino. Oh, no. But at least this time, the special raid time made up for it a little bit. Sorry for the long email. Shiny vibes all. Crazy cat. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely think, just to weigh in really quick, that the th- like the reduction down to three hours is definitely a bummer. But the, the stuff they've done around it, it definitely does lessen the blow. So I'm glad to hear that it did help you in this case when you missed the proper event but you got to experience a little bit that's what it's made for you know yeah i mean it's really nice to hear that the raids were able to work out for you but for this exact same scenario but when the roommate is not available to go for a walk or who doesn't like to play pokemon go mm-hmm. you know you're out of luck and it's it's still a bummer and i'm still against the three hour time slot but i get it and i do think that they have done some very good things just it's not enough to make up for the fact that the three hours still hurts i agree 100 also really quick before we move on from this email uh there were three car parts that were uh, listed i recognized one of them have you ever heard of a mid pipe or a resonator before in a car? Yes, I do know. Uh, I do know a resonator, although I couldn't tell you its actual function right now. Okay, but, but you've heard of it because yes. I thought mid pipe was like where things get stuck when something gets stuck in a pipe. It's mid pipe. <laughs> but for the resonator, I've never even heard of that before. No, no, no. Like, don't, don't. Mid pipe where something gets stuck, that'd be mid pipe with a space. They typed it with a dash. That's a difference. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Also, I got a question for you. If we have a muffler, why do we need a resonator? Like, are they working against each other? Maybe, maybe they are. Oh my gosh. You need balance in your car. Car, Cars run on cosmic (laughs) balance. Look, this, this is total aside, but I know somebody in college who replaced the muffler on their Volkswagen to get a different sound out of their car and they didn't like the sound. So they put the old muffler back on, but it required welding because of what they did for the first one. And because of the one weld, it didn't make the same sound anymore. So he didn't like the old sound anymore either. So he had to find a new solution. (laughs) I've never cared what my muffler sounded like, unless it was too loud. (laughs) I mean, the goal is to get it too loud sometimes. That's fair enough. But thank you very much for that email, Crazy Cat. Appreciate it. This next one's from Robert. Goals, goals, goals. That was sang to that tune by request in this email. So just a quick email to thank you guys for motivating me through your goals segment. As a level 50 free-to-play trainer who doesn't chase shinies, I will admit that some of your regular goals don't always speak to me. But I was inspired by your talking about the struggle to open up gifts every day. (laughs) I've always been, IMO, a reliable gift sender, but not so much on the opening side of things. Beyond making sure that all my friends below best friend advanced every day, I would routinely leave many gifts unopened. Well, hearing you guys talk about opening gifts, I decided about a month or so to start opening gifts every day till I hit my limit or ran out of gifts. After the first month, I've made the following observations. I no longer have to worry about having enough stickers to attach the 50 to 60 gifts I send each day 
where I used to routinely run out. <laughs> and two, my friends have gotten better about sending gifts. I used to routinely run out of gifts. Now I always hit my limit with gifts left over. Anyways, just a quick thank you for the motivation as well as the entertainment. Robert, a.k.a. Ratchetson. Notice the preceding message is 1,196 characters. I make no apologies. <laughs> Good deal. Kyle is double checking your work right now. I just I don't remember watched the quick, him I don't, highlight it. I don't remember the quick tool to do it in, in Adobe. Wait, there it is. I got 1,210 characters. So... Well, I I might have added some spaces and stuff like that, so it's possible. <laughs> I might have messed with the formatting to a degree. Um, uh, oh, also, goals, goals, goals was the name, the title, the subject line of the email. Okay, not the minus, body. That's minus probably four then. Oops. Yeah. Are you happy with that answer? Did we satisfy well, you? Well, hang on. Did it include? Wait, did it include this or not? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Why? Why do you care so much about this? Why do you care? Oh my gosh! You're being rude, you're being rude to our guests that are here via uh, email. Uh, it's fun to hear about people opening gifts and how much of a nightmare it actually is. Just <laughs> let me select all and open it, okay? I don't that's care what you actually pulled away from that. That's so funny. Oh my gosh! All right. Anyway, thank you so much, Robert. Appreciate the email. And good on you for following through on something that the two of us are really awful at doing consistently. Kyle has taken a shine to it, but he is far from perfect. No, yeah, I have I have definitely faltered since GoFest, but I'm I'm doing better. Okay. All right. Next email is from Maxotron. They said, Hey Chris and Kyle. Sorry for the long email, but I really wanted to tell you about some bugs I found. One was an Eastern Hercules beetle. That had one of the most beautiful carapists I've seen. I've actually seen two of those. One at Stone Mountain in Georgia and the other somewhere in Florida. I have pictures of both. I'll try to send with this email. Another bug I found very recently was what I believe is called a clear winged hawk moth. Oh, I always like to see moths to share with my girlfriend. When I tell you it was gigantic, I'm not exaggerating. Think as long as your thumb or as big as a hummingbird. Oh, my God. That's a that's a thick boy. In fact, it was doing the job of a hummingbird at a local plant nursery when I spotted it. In the picture I send, you won't be able to see its wings since they're beating very fast. The final bug is the cicada. I'm very fond of this bug and its Pokemon counterparts, Ninkata, Shedinja, and Ninjask. I grew up collecting hundreds of the shells to my friend's dismay. Now that I have a daughter, I've taught her that bugs are generally okay, and having cicada shells is an easy way to do that since they don't move. Oh, man, I got to stop. I got to stop right here for a second. I can't. I love cicada Pokemon. I can't do real-life cicadas. The way they Why? move. They're just too thick? The way they move and their weight is, is too much. It's too much. Yeah. The Even the shells is- make me uncomfortable. The, the heft is a little alarming. Have you ever had like a big grasshopper jump onto you? Yeah. Yes. That's also alarming. Look, I'm like, whoa! I'm just, I, I want to put in perspective. If cicadas didn't exist in the real world and somebody put those as an alien design in a movie, people would think they were too scary for whatever movie they were doing. Cicadas are scary. <laughs> there are animals on this planet right now that that is true of. There's hundreds yeah. and hundreds Cicada of is one of them, <laughs> I'm just uh, saying cicada, they're, they're very tame. common. At least where we are from, they are very common. Oh, and they let us know. 
Oh man. This Anyways, it's, all, it's great. It's great to, to get people to like them early though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She loves them and collects them whenever she sees them. Sometimes she'll play with them and some of the larger final form cicadas we find. Oh, and the fourth bug I just remember because of her is the dragonfly. Every time she sees one, she calls them my friends since I've had them land on me from time to time. Oh, that's very cool. She recently started playing Pokemon Go with me on her iPad. It has been refreshing to live vicariously through her as she experiences many of these things for the first time. She absolutely loves smashing Team Rocket, even if she needs help with the team comp from time to time. Her first execute encounter was really funny. She thought she found a bunch of eggs. But when she clicked on it and saw the cracks and faces, she was like, oh, uh, and ran away from them. (laughs) Too funny. Later, I gave her a Galarian Ponyta since she's in a My Pretty Pony phase. She loves that thing. And we do the group AR photos several times a week. So her Ponyta, now Rapidash, and my Pokemon can play together. It is so fun for me to see someone enjoying it with such a fresh new take. Congrats on episode 200. I can't remember in which episode I started listening, but it was at least two or three years ago. I remember thinking that your podcast was the best one to listen of the few I'd sampled, so I stuck with it. Thank you. I attached the photos in the link like last time. Most are bugs, but two are AR photos. I named some of the bugs in the photo, but my compact eyes bugged out when I saw I had more bug pictures to offer. Sorry for the long email. I'll bumble off now. No, my gosh. Abe slash Maxitron 2010. But you you just you had the opportunity to say buzz off. That's right. It's right there. <laughs> but I like I like Bumble. Bumble off is cool, too. P.S. I added four more photos of some critters I found recently that were distinct. A fence lizard, an inchworm and some weird bugs I found when I cut down a dead pine tree. If the tree was standing still, they would have been at the top. Oh, my. I added these when I learned that Chris is sick, so hopefully these bugs make his day a little more bearable. And they did. I stared at that photo on the drive, the Google Drive, for a while. It's really pretty solid work. Very pretty Pokemon. Yeah. And by Pokemon, I mean bugs. But that's what bugs are. That's inspired. I look at at them as Pokemon. That that's what inspired them. That's what inspired Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So it's totally valid. They're just they're just great. Yeah, they're just great. I I want to say I love the stories right now about all the the little kids uh, playing Pokemon that we've gotten because my nephew is almost three years old. And the other day when I was at my sister's house and I sat on my phone and I opened Pokemon Go to check stuff out, he was like, what's that? And then sat in my lap for like 10 minutes as I scrolled through my inventory. Oh, and he kept pointing at Pokemon, and so I'd give him the real world animal because he's still learning them. And it was just a great time. So I'm really looking forward to having these moments with him. I'm like, he's gonna like Pokemon. I swear to God. <laughs> I don't apologize to my sister for this. No, no. You've set the kid up for life. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. And and it's easy. You've made gift choices for christmas and birthdays the rest of their lives that much easier on your sister because it's just uh, just get some of the pokemon it's fine he already got a pokemon for his birthday last year so boom there you go there you go uh, it's sitting on his desk he can see it every single day one which one is it it's the charizard that i also i also have over here that i showed you the box 
Oh yeah. So cool. yeah. Very, very cool. Got one for myself too. So <laughs> But thank you very much, Maxitron, for the email and for the thoughtful photos that you included. They're pretty cool. Uh, next one is from Starman. Hello, GoCast. Sorry for sending another legitimately long email, but something happened to me yesterday playing Pogo, and I have to share it somewhere. This story starts in November of 2020. Following the, following the announcement that they were raising the level cap to 50, I was stuck working remote at the time, so I spent the vast majority of my time in my house. Worried I wouldn't be able to make level 40 in time, I jumped to a statewide Facebook group and posted my friend code, explaining my goal to hit 40 by the end of the year. That day, I was friended by BB61Mike, and a day or two later, I was friended by Goosey Blue. This kicks off over a year and a half of consistent regular rating with these two players. We all hit level 40 that November, and I could start to gather some information about my two new companions. First, I gathered that they knew each other. Their availability lined up too well for them to be total strangers. I also quickly learned that BB61 Mike probably lived slash worked two to three hours north of me while Goosey Blue lived five or so states away. Over this time, I checked several Discord channels and Facebook groups trying to contact them, but to no avail. Cut to June of 2021 and I switched jobs. Suddenly, I am raiding in an entirely new area of my state and I start to see that BB61 Mike was raiding in person nearby me. Cue me no. frantically rechecking Facebook and Discord to no avail. At this point, I felt so close. I knew I had to find them. I just had no idea how. Cut to Monday this week. I run into a gentleman that I have seen raiding with BB61 Mike before, and he pissed me off that he had met BB61 Mike one time in my local downtown during the weekly raid hours. You're like a, you're like a PI. This is so funny. <laughs> uh, I tell my wife, and she pushes me to go on the chance I run into them. I really wasn't sure, but I went because, hey, Genesect is easy experience. <laughs> hey, watch it. That's borderline disrespectful, but true. But, true. but it's true. Cut to my life, and I stand in a raid. I invite BB61 Mike and Goosey Blue, and I immediately notice that they are not holographic. My heart nearly hopped out of my chest, and I started to frantically look around the raiders in the area. Honestly, there was a part of me that was nervous. They wouldn't know who I was. I thought I would say, hey, I don't know if you know who I am, but does the name Starman ring any bells? Imagine my surprise when a man approaches me, looks me in the eyes, and says, hey, are you Starman? I kid you not, Chris and Kyle, I nearly threw up from the rush of emotion. We spent the next three and a half hours introducing ourselves, catching up and sharing stories. Turns out that they had made a number of attempts to find me, even hovering over my Facebook profile and deciding against messaging me because they weren't sure. I have to say, guys, the feeling of learning that I meant as much to them as they did to me was humbling. I'm excited to say that we swapped numbers and my wife now has two new friends in Pogo as well. Honestly, that's the full story. I'm still walking on cloud nine a day later. This is the type of experience I know I wouldn't be able to explain to anyone else. So I appreciate you leaving your inbox open to hear my ramblings. Best Starman. That's in the top 10 favorite stories and favorite emails we've ever received. I'm a big fan. Quite honestly, if I was trying to explain to somebody, if somebody asked me, hey, Chris, I'm trying to get in contact with local players in my area. I think that's exactly what, I would say, I think that's what we've said in the past. We've said, check local discord groups and check local Facebook groups for other players and then go out in raids and try to meet people in person at these raids. Like mm -hmm. that is, that is the way to do it and, and professionally and well done. So what a masterclass. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love this so much. You know what this reminds me of 
it reminds me of back in the day of of exclusively online gaming stuff like world of warcraft runescape even older than that you meet somebody you only know them because you've done dungeons with them or something and you find out that they live you know like two hours away and you actually like get to meet somebody like that this is but this is like what pokemon go is made for and that's what makes it oh, yeah. especially wholesome to, to yeah. see it actually happen I feel like in Pokemon Go, it happens a lot more because of the, well, obviously it, it happens a lot more because of the real life aspect of it. But like, I, I don't have to be in a specific location physically in order to do a raid in World of Warcraft. We all just have to be at our computers and stuff. But on the flip side, meeting somebody you don't know in Pokemon Go and then finding out you know them or or knowing them after the fact is not is not as common. Generally, you meet somebody and then you become go friends. Yeah, or you meet somebody online and you never meet them because that's true. They're across the world or something. That's very very true. Yeah, and so it's it's just it's great. It's great. I love it. No, and thank you so much for writing this up and sharing it with us. This was expertly written, and it sounds like you've got some great support from your wife as well. That's awesome, and uh, I hope that y'all stay in contact because that's that's spectacular that you all actually managed to connect. Cool stuff. Magic. For our last email, it's from Getsu Fractal. They said, Hey, eaters of KitKat and various methods. I listened to episode 203 of GoCast, the absolute best Pokemon Go podcast, while on my nightly 15-minute speed walk yesterday. <laughs> no Galarian birds were encountered. However, I did draw stares from people nearby when I spontaneously broke out in laughter. Kyle said, and I quote, What if I find a rocket grunt I want to do? <laughs> this has to be the funniest line in all 203 episodes to this point in time. Yeah. Thank you for the Pogo <laughs> content. Shiny vibes all. Get Fractal. What did you even say that to? Was it for the Adventure Sync thing? Like for the daily incense, yeah, because you have to like oh, yeah. be incense. constantly aware on your phone. <laughs> How did that get by me? How did I let you say that? And in the edit, I didn't even notice. That's so outrageously you're, you're misrepresenting that that thing. I, I knew as soon way. as I said it out, I was like, "Oh yeah, someone's going to point that out." Because <laughs> like it is, it's out of character for me. But the point I was making is still very relevant. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. Against practical. Thank you for thank you for calling our boy out here. It, we needed him to be called on the carpet on something this episode. I was running out of runway here. We're getting to the end. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much to everybody that sent in an email. If you'd like to send one in just like these fighting folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail if you'd like to by calling and leaving a voicemail to 262-586-7717. And if you forgot either of those, you can go to our website, gocastpodcast.com and go to our contact us tab, I believe it's called. And we have all that information there for you as well as a form. If you want to just submit a question via our website instead of your email address, lots of options. Uh huh. Follow us on Twitter. Not our only, but might as well be our only social media account at GoCast Podcast. Support our show monetarily via Patreon. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And uh, speaking of patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Shout out to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, Amini, Sforza, Rasui, and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Moders, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, and Steven. Thank you so, so much for your patronage. We appreciate 
all of you very much for helping us keep the digital lights on. But if monetary support is not in the cards for you or you just don't want to, whatever the case might be, you can, of course, help support the show for free by leaving us a review on pretty much any place that accepts reviews. That's Spotify, but the mobile version only. Google, Apple does as well. No, Google does not. Apple does. Lots of places do. The weird ones don't. Like Google, what are we doing? Strange (laughs) stuff. I don't know. That would be really helpful. So thank you in advance. We appreciate it. All right, Mr. Kyle, it's the end of the episode. It means that we have to set some goals. And mm-hmm. this this includes the finale event this weekend. Yep, yes, it does. All right. What am I currently working on? I can go again. I have set all of my goals. Are you ready? Uh, Yes, go ahead. Okay. I want to catch all of the Ultra Beasts. I know that I pretty much all I need is circuitry in order to finish the set. But I would like to do at least one raid of each just to do it. I need Nihilego XL candy for my 100% anyway, uh, so that'll be fine. Uh, 10 time. shinies. What? So you're going to waste time doing Nihilego raids? Oh, man. I'll do at least one. Yeah. Uh, and then 10 shinies. Uh, just mm-hmm. overall. doesn't matter what they are. Just 10. 2 million experience. All special research. Everything finished. And hatch 100 eggs. Good Lord. Okay. Well, I definitely want to complete all the special research. I don't want to have to have any of that left over. It's going to be awful. Two million experience is also what I would like. That would put me just over to 46. I'm going to say 15 shiny Pokemon. 15? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't want to hatch any eggs. So then this is not related to the event, but I need to clear inventory space before this event actually happens. I'm at 5692 out of 6100. <laughs> so... I don't know, make 2000 space. So, okay. Sounds good to me. You mean Pokemon inventory or items? Pokemon. My item inventory is a much bigger problem as well, but I, that's not as hard to clear out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then currently, just because I didn't actually reference a number, I'm currently at 16 uh, and a half million out of the 30 million I need for level 50. So I would like to be at probably uh, just at 19 million, probably by the time we're done with the weekend. So like two and a half ish. 2.3 something like that okay yeah sounds good all right thank you so much dear listener for listening all the way through you're the best and you know it uh we'll see you next week for episode 205 good luck this weekend shiny vibes have a great finale event and we'll see you then bye bye bye